In this episode, I'm diving deep into mindset and introversion with Jesse Martin, who is a NLP and hypnosis coach who trains therapists, counselors, and coaches, and practitioners to become themselves certified in hypnosis and NLP. And we're diving deep into some of the things that are happening in between your ears that may be stopping you from growing your business. It's a great conversation, and I think you're really going to love this one. Welcome to the Well-Paid Creative Podcast, where we discover how to run a profitable and satisfying creative business. I'm your host, Gabrielle Chipier, and I'm going to share with you what I've learned in my 17 years as a creative pro, building my own business from barely scraping by to thriving. From attracting quality clients to charging what you're worth and creating amazing work you love without the risk of burnout and overwhelm. But I don't know it all, so in this podcast, we're going to learn a lot together as I interview experts and reflect on my own experiences, both the good and the bad. Before we dive into this show, if you want access to free resources, trainings, and a community of creative pros just like you, hop on over to wellpaidcreative.com where you can find all this and more. All right, let's dive in. Hi, and welcome to the Well-Paid Creative Podcast. Thanks so much for hopping on and joining me. I'm here with my guest today, Jesse Martin, who is a holistic business coach, and I'm so excited to bring him on the podcast today. He's got some amazing things we're going to talk about today. So let's dive in. Jesse, thank you so much for joining me here today. Yeah, super excited to be here. Thank you. Wonderful. So a holistic business coach. Why don't you tell us your story behind that and how you've kind of come to be where you are today? Yeah. Well, first of all, I mean, I'm so excited to be here because, you know, the types of people that are creatives, people who want to put themselves out there, there are a lot of challenges that I've personally gone through and there are a lot of challenges that I see. And so that title, holistic business coach, isn't something you may have heard before. If you know the term holistic, it's like all encompassing. You can mm-hmm, think of it yeah. like mind, body, relationship communication. That really is what would describe a holistic business coach. But more importantly, it's like, what is a holistic business? A holistic business is someone who's out there serving, someone who's trying to make a difference, trying to make an impact, just wants to help people. They want to do their art, give their gifts, whatever that might be, whether it's like you said, graphic design or healing arts of some kind. I work with a lot of like very introverted coaches type people. And I personally grew up as an introvert and having a lot of challenges in communication had a mild stutter, couldn't like express myself very well. And I'm the last person you would ever think would be someone who'd be out there making videos or coaching or helping others and putting myself out there boldly. But just from my own challenges is what led me to wanting to help others who were like me. Well, wonderful. So how did that kind of look like throughout your career? How did you get to coaching others through your experiences? Yeah. I mean, my background was always just having like nine to five type jobs. I've been doing things like property management and real estate and worked blue collar type work, like construction and just trading my time for money. But I always felt this sort of deeper calling to really help people impact people's lives on a personal level as an introvert, but also someone with really high empathy and sympathy. I've always like felt other people's needs always felt other people's pain and struggle and insecurities and fears because I had them too. And it gave me a desire to do something like counseling or therapy or coaching. And I, at the time, you know, this is probably like over 10, 15 years ago now, I heard about this term life coaching. I was like, what is this life coaching? I thought of someone just like giving you tips and tricks to like pursue your goals and set goals. But I didn't really realize this was truly a job or a career or a business that you could start and make a real living at it 
So I just did it as a hobby at first. Back when I was in real estate, I was doing property management and construction and things like that. And I started coaching my friends, just giving them advice. And I was already that person. You seem like the person too, from our conversations that people just come to you for advice because you're a good listener Mm, and (laughs) you can just kind of feel people's pain and struggle, right? Have a unique perspective. And I think a lot of people who are introverts are interested in helping others. That's how I got started. I never planned on doing business coaching. So the sort of long story short was I started doing coaching and then learned how to do hypnotherapy. And once that became like a full passion for me, I had really put my all into it. I realized the struggle of actually getting clients. And then, you know, I had to learn how to build a business, learn how to put myself out there, learn how to actually make sales, which I never really wanted to do. I never really liked the idea of sales. Even the term sales, like felt like a bad word, but I realized it was a necessary thing. And I had to learn that. But, you know, once I figured it out, people started coming to me for advice because I have a lot of friends who are similar to me, introverts who just want to help. And they realized like there is something they need to learn around sales and business and putting themselves out there and getting clients and all that. Wonderful. So how would you say, now I know you mentioned that you were an introvert yourself and it's funny you mentioned that you had a stutter growing up and I also had a stutter when I was younger and it was something that was really hard. And like you mentioned to communicate, to get what you wanted to say out. And I think that kind of uh, lent it to my own introversion and being able to communicate. I'm the type of person who I like to think on things first. Yes. I'm very, exactly. I'm not on the spot, you know, don't put me on the spot because I will just blah. <laughs> yep. But when I have time to think and form my answers, and then I feel a lot more confident saying that. So what would you say for those people who are introverted like me, who really need that time to think and mull over? But I mean, in social media and in responding and in videos and in things that are off the cuff, like say this podcast, for instance, we need to be able to develop those skills. Are there any tips that you could give us for doing that? Yeah, definitely. I want to share like an example because this I think will make an impact and make it more memorable. Like as an example, when I was about middle school, I remember going to a friend's sort of birthday pizza party thing. And I remember sitting there in this room and all my friends and people I didn't know were around these other kids. And I remember sitting there and I wanted to express myself. I wanted to make friends. I wanted to be like the life of the party. There was two friends that I knew. One of them I didn't know so well. And this guy was super outgoing person, just life of the party. And this other girl was the one that was just like the social butterfly, like floating around, just like welcoming everyone and just saying hi and making friends. And she was just like the connector. And I always really envied that. And I always really felt like something was wrong with me. And you know, what I called a stutter was actually just me trying to get words out and it would come out as like overlapping sentences and overlapping thoughts where I have so much built up to express, but I didn't want to say the wrong thing or say it in the wrong way or look stupid or feel awkward. And ironically, by not wanting to say the wrong thing, I ended up saying, you know, stuttery words or saying half sentences or things that didn't make sense or mumbling or people not really understanding what I'm talking about, or just talking really quiet and passive. Mm -hmm. And I felt like there's something wrong with me. I felt like there's something fundamentally wrong with me of being this person who just couldn't express himself. So the very first thing is just know there is nothing wrong with you not being able to communicate like other people. Being an introvert is truly, in my opinion, a gift because right now in our society, we really almost celebritize like 
call them celebrities or like make them famous when someone is like an amazing extrovert, right? They just like mm-hmm. to talk and they can just be on stage and be put on the spot and always feel like they have the right thing to say. But here's the thing is being an introvert is truly a gift. And so to start down this path of being a good communicator, because that is a good goal to be a great communicator. We always need communication in everything, whether it's relationships, especially in business, if you want to get clients or you want to like promote what you do or put your work out there, your art out there, whatever it is, being an introvert, what it gives you is a couple of key things. And when you know that it's actually a gift, it takes the sting out of it, takes the resistance out of it. And that's like a foundation to actually change your communication in a healthy way or work on your communication in a healthy way. And so if you see it as a gift and here is the gift in it, if you're not sure what is the gift, because you might be thinking like, thanks, Jesse, that's easy for you to say, like, you've worked on this. Nice to hear that. But how is it a gift? Well, what does introversion give you? Like from your point of view, by the way, what, what do you think introversion actually does give you? Because you're doing your work, you're putting yourself out there. So, I mean, one of the superpowers of being an introvert, I find, is almost a way of, for one, I tend to find that most introverts are a lot more empathic. They tend to be a lot more aware of their surroundings, aware of the people, aware of everything around them at once, whereas extroverts tend to be more focused on themselves. So I think that's kind of, we find connections in things, we find parallels in things that may not be, you know, so apparent to other people. And I think it's almost like a superpower because we have this vision that just isn't shared with other people. Yes. Yes. And you nailed it. Like the main one, the number one that I think is the number one gift is being able to understand and feel and read really like listen, understand people, feel people that empathy and compassion. That's why introverts make the best creatives because they then mirror that back to other people through the work that they do. They make the best artists, they make the best designers, and it just has that that mirroring back effect of of everything that they take in. Yeah. So when you have that gift, and another gift that comes from being an introvert naturally is being a great listener. Mm -hmm. And think about something like life coaching or business coaching, or in my case, like I love working with people and most of the people I help are uh, like holistic therapists, coaches, counselors, healer types. And as an example, like I took someone who was a holistic healer. She's an acupuncturist and a coach and an advice giver. And she's just a healer. She's like, I just want to do my work. Mm-hmm. And that's all she wanted to do. She never wanted to put herself out there. And she thought all this businessy stuff was just like a hassle. But what she learned is that by learning her gift of listening and hearing and really feeling other people, she didn't need to be this outgoing extroverted person to really make an impact and really make her business and what she does known and memorable when she's able to express herself in her introverted way, which is calm, peaceful, very, very soft, very gentle. And people need that in a world that's so distracted and ADD and crazy. You as an introvert have a gift to make people feel calm and present and happy and healed and heard and listened to. And that is so needed. Mm-hmm. That is so needed. Absolutely. I 100% agree. One thing that I find that a lot of us struggle with, especially as we're scrolling through social media and we're seeing all of these very extroverted, very in-your-face, very aggressive marketing tactics being used by all of these accounts that we follow, and we mistakenly think that we need to do that too in order to see the success we want or to achieve the goals or to get the clients we need right, and get our name out there, and then we try it on. 
and it immediately depletes us. It feels wrong from the get-go. We have yeah. to force it and, then, it, right? and we can't keep doing it. And then by the time we get to a point where we just like collapse in exhaustion, then we just think, oh, well, it doesn't work. Yes. And it's, I like your point in that it's not that it doesn't work. It's that you have to do it your own way. Yes. Now I want to give almost like a caveat. I'm going to play a little bit like devil's advocate, give you sort of the tough love. So mm-hmm. any of you listening right now, you know, you know who you are, the introvert and I am one. So I, I get it as a natural introvert. You're probably thinking that it's too hard to put yourself out there. It's too hard to make a video or do marketing or do sales or any of that stuff. And that's only true. If you think you have to do it like other people, the way other people do it, the way you see the loud minority. Okay. Extroverts. And by the way, if you're an extrovert, that's awesome too. Extroverts are not selfish. Extroverts are not evil or mean or rude or inconsiderate. They just have a different different. way of communicating. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Both are great, but be who you are. Now, what that does not mean, here's the tough love as an introvert that doesn't give you permission to hide. That doesn't give you permission to not speak up and speak your truth. Okay. Because if you have a gift, if you have art, if you have healing, if you're a coach, if you're a healer, like when I I've worked with maybe like 20, 30 people over the last few months who are natural introverts. And as an example, they were resistant to communicating or making a video or putting themselves out there or asking for money for what they do or asking for the value. That's a huge one. Asking for the value you deserve. And this applies in personal relationships too, but let's just take it to business and money. You need to be able to ask what you deserve, but ask in your own way. You don't have to be this loud, boisterous, aggressive person, but you do need to say it. You do need to communicate it especially when you have a gift or an art or what it is you, that you do, your gift to help or heal people, the world needs you. Don't deprive them of your gift because you're afraid of like how the critics might talk, right? If there's one out of 10 people who are the loud critics, don't deprive the other nine people who need and love and want what you do. And so don't focus on the critics, focus on the people who are receiving your, your work, your gifts, all of that. Mm-hmm. So do you have any other tips in terms of what you just mentioned in terms of being able to kind of tune out those, I don't want to call them haters, but like the critics, the the people who yeah. comment negatively or even not even negatively, but maybe even just push back. Yeah. Because I think that's yeah. a lot of us, especially myself in my career, you know, I could do a blog post, I could create a podcast and it could get a hundred positive reviews. But if it got two negative ones, then I'm going to focus on those negative ones, even though, you know, logically I'm up in my head saying that's such a small number. You can't please everybody, but still it's something that's kind of your brain goes back to constantly. Yes. I'll give you a couple pieces. You know, when I train people on this, like in depth, we do literally weeks of mindset training using hypnosis and NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, and these other things to really unwire that permanently. So I'll give you the strategy, but also know there's like deeper issues, beliefs, thoughts, thought patterns, feeling mm-hmm. patterns that may need to be addressed to really fix this long-term permanently. Okay. First of all, know that you are creating a belief about what that means. Okay. So just knowing what the problem is. So let's say you make a little video. You like muster up the courage to like put yourself out there and say, Hey, here's my work of art. Here's my coaching. Here's my healing. Here's my business. Here's my service. I'm looking for clients for what I do. Just that would be huge, right? Let's say you could actually get yourself to do that, but you're really nervous about doing it. 
and you're worried about the critics, but you, you do, you put it out there and you get, you know, 50 likes and five great comments. And then one person who's like, you know, what gives you the right to do this? Or who are you to put this out there? Okay. First of all, notice that comment isn't good or bad. It's just someone's opinion, right? But that doesn't fix the feeling that it may give you. So notice that you can't change the scenario. You can't change that. You can never avoid all criticism or all negative comments or context, like whatever may happen, right? You can't avoid all negativity. Mm -hmm. But what you can do, what you do have power over is what you say about it, what you say about what happens. So putting yourself out there is necessary. You need to, the world needs what you do, but not if, but when someone doesn't a hundred percent like it, or doesn't a hundred percent agree, or even maybe very negative or critic criticizes what you do, recognize that you have the power over your own thoughts. You get to control your focus and what you say about what happened. Like the natural negative thinking or limiting belief may come up like, oh, this means my work isn't good enough, or this means blank, or this means I'm not this, or I am enough this, or people aren't this, right? Anytime you say this means something in your head, oh, that means recognize you're creating that meaning, okay? And you can't control what happens, but you can control what you say about it. And so to summarize what you can do is to recognize that you have the power to control your thought process, how you react to what happens. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Cause we do, we ha ultimately we have control over our own reactions. So I love just taking that little bit of power back. That's a great, great technique. Great tip there. Yeah. So now a lot of the people in our audience here, they have kind of what we like to call side hustles or hobbies. And you mentioned that you started doing your coaching and life coaching and stuff kind of as a side project while you were doing property management and other things. So do you have any tips or any kind of stories or experiences about how you were able to do both and eventually transition from one into the other? Yeah. So first of all, I'm very grateful to have built a very successful business in coaching doing in the beginning it was hypnosis. And by the way, hypnosis isn't like swinging a pocket watch and making someone like quack like a duck. Like, <laughs> You're getting sleepy. <laughs> yeah. That's like what you see in cartoons and movies. Like hypnosis is like guided meditation, but a much like okay. deeper intentional for a purpose meditation where meditation is just sitting and relaxing, letting the thoughts pass you by. Hypnosis is like meditation with a purpose, meditation with a focus on an outcome. Oh, so in the beginning, I learned this, these methods of hypnosis and NLP and things like that in the beginning, just to help myself. And then when I decided I want to do it as a coach, I had to go through the struggle of finding clients and turning my side hustle into something that is a real business because I loved it. I loved helping people and getting paid for it way more, but the getting paid part was really hard. And so if you're in that case, you're in that scenario, you're in that situation now where you have these things that you like to do, whether it's healing arts or helping people or coaching or consulting, or maybe you just thought about coaching. You just wanted to learn how to help people and be paid for it. First of all, know that yes, you can definitely do it. In a world of billions of people, there are definitely 100%, without a doubt, I guarantee it, I promise you, there are people who will pay for what you do, okay? Just knowing that. That's only like a small percentage of the challenge though, because that's easy to say, but how do you find those people? How do you actually get paid? How do you put yourself out there? All of that. Mm -hmm. You know, I spend weeks going into this like in-depth in business training, but the simple answer is take what you do Start with just the best of the best. I call it finding your gold. 
Okay. There's like a three-step process I use to help someone uncover their story, like their life experience, their gifts, and find the gold in it. The gold is what you do well that you love to do that helps people, but also people are willing to pay for. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you may need an outside perspective. Maybe you already know what that is. Maybe you already know your gift and where people would actually be willing to pay for what you do well. When you find that, you're already halfway, you're already further along than most professional coaches. Most professional coaches start out and they say, I just help people get unstuck. Or I help people so big. <laughs> so big. I help people be empowered. And what does that do? Is like, are people willing to pay and like invest thousands of dollars to be empowered? Well, maybe, but not really. Not really, right? I truly believe every single person on this planet has something that people will pay them five thousand, ten thousand dollars for. Mm-hmm. This may sound weird when you may have not even been paid a hundred dollars to do your work, but that's what I've dedicated my life to. That's why I like, I love what I do because it's like, I feel like I'm a catalyst. Like my, my passion, my purpose is to like be a catalyst for other people who are creatives and holistic healers and coaches and therapists and things like that. Find that gold. And so look within, find what people are already asking for help on with you. And here's the last piece. And again, I'm massively oversimplifying like how to do this, but the very first step is prove that you can get paid for what you do by just getting paid. And how do you get paid? You have to ask. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you know what? That reminds me of a story when I was first starting getting into the process of helping other creatives. And one of my friends who was a photographer was just doing it as a side hobby, was just loving taking pictures. And he took beautiful photos and he was having issues with someone who I don't know, they wanted to pay for something, but he, he wasn't quite sure. Yeah. He was having this like inner yeah. monologue on Facebook. And I just had to tell him, I said, as soon as money changes hands, you are a professional. Like you're officially a photographer at that point. Yeah. He was willing to pay you money for the work that you did. So yeah. now you have to step up and you have to be that photographer. Yes. And he was just like, wow, I didn't even think about it like that. <laughs> yeah. And have you ever had this experience? It's probably more likely in the beginning. I'm guessing you have, I can guess because most of us had, I definitely did where someone wanted to pay you. And then you had like, oh, well, you can just give me this lower amount or just whatever you can afford mm-hmm. or that kind of thing. Yeah. Where you negotiate your value down because down. you're not yes. sure of the worth of what you do. Exactly. And I'm willing to bet if you're listening to this podcast right now and you have a gift and you want to charge and maybe you have charged, you've probably done that. You say, oh, you don't have to pay me anything or let's just do a trade or it's okay. Or you're a friend or you're a family. Stop that. You know, mm-hmm. I'll be your big brother, your loving uncle, just like saying, hey, cut that out. You deserve to be paid and you deserve to be well paid. And even Absolutely. if it's just a dollar, confidently demand a dollar. Say, I charge a dollar. And here's a phrase I love this. Like, I make every one of my clients do this in the beginning. I literally make them practice this phrase. Like, what is it you do? And then you say what you do. Okay. And then when someone says, well, how much you charge? This is where a lot of people, kind of get hung up. They say, oh, whatever you can afford or 20 bucks or I don't know, 50 bucks an hour. Or for creative, it's, well, it depends what you're looking for. It and- depends. <laughs> so I literally make my clients practice this phrase and you could try this phrase, say it out loud to five friends today. I charge a thousand dollars for this and just say it. I charge a thousand dollars and it's going to feel weird and uncomfortable. Don't worry about what they say. doesn't matter if they say no, just practice saying I charge this much. Mm-hmm. And you'll be shocked how people will say, oh, okay. Okay. Sounds good. And here's a quick story. An example, when I learned this from one of my mentors, who was a sort of a business and mindset mentor, 
he taught me to command prices like three and four thousand dollars. One of my first high-paying hypnotherapy coaching clients paid me four thousand dollars, and I I thought it was ridiculous. Like I thought it was a joke, and so I practiced this phrase with my coach back in the day. This was like six seven years ago now, and he told me he's like, okay, Jesse, practice the phrase. I charge four thousand dollars for this this and this, and then say what they get. Okay, don't say it depends or it depends what you're looking for. Let's talk or we can work something out. Just say it. And then, so this woman asked me for help. I told her what I do. And she said, sounds great. How does it work? And I said, and I literally coughed. I was like, I charge, I charge, I couldn't get out the words. And she's like, are you all right? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. So uh, I do this and this and this, and I just charge $4,000. And she's like, long, quiet pause. And I was like, just they're sweating. And this might be TMI, but I was like literally sweating through my shirt at the time. And so worried she's going to say no, or. I'm crazy or greedy or an a-hole for saying that. And she's like, 4K, all right. All right, cool. Can I do a credit card? And I about fainted. I'm like, what, <laughs> did she just say yes? And that changed my life because from then I recognized that people are willing to pay for it. She valued it. She's an amazing client. She got tons of value. I got tons of value. It was such a win-win. And I recognized that is what people need to hear and they need to learn how to do this. Mm. And, you know, and that brings up a great point of just being uncomfortable in that pause, especially in sales calls and in the oh, sales so process. I mean, I find a lot of us, when we get really uncomfortable, we want to fill that silence. We want to fill that pause with, oh, but I could do a payment plan or I could do this, or we could adjust that. And that uncomfortableness makes us feel like it's not going to happen or, you know, something was wrong with how we delivered it or our price isn't right or what we offer isn't correct. But a lot of the times I've experienced that same thing where you just pause and you wait and you fight against that uncomfortable feeling. Yes. You have to bite you your just, own tongue if you need to. Yeah, exactly. You know, fidget in your seat a bit. And then you just wait for it. Because more often than not, that uncomfortable pause is just someone thinking. And they're not judging. They're just kind of doing that little mental checklist of, okay, this price, this value. All right, let's do it. Yeah. 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 And you will get this as you know, a well-paid creative, you'll, you'll already know this because you're already doing it. But if you are new to this listening, it's just as easy, or you could say it's just as hard. I like to say it's just as easy to charge or get paid $400 as $4,000. The mm -hmm. only difference is the word you say in the, it's just blank. So let's say you created a beautiful painting. You know, my own dad's an amazing painter. He does oil painting and watercolors and all kinds of stuff. And at the beginning, he said he charges by the square inches and the amount of paint he used for his canvas, for his painting, which I just thought was funny, but I totally got where he's coming from. And I said, dad, stop that. Like practice saying this, my painting's just 4K or 2K or 8K. And just whatever number is a little bit beyond your comfort zone, push it a little bit more than that. And then just practice saying it. And sure enough, he went to an art show. He sold one of his first paintings, like for a high price. And he was really uncomfortable with it, but he did it. And someone was like, oh, that's a good deal. Like the mm -hmm. person that bought it thought it was cheap for thousands of dollars. You don't know someone else's financial situation. Don't discount yourself from your own insecurities. Just charge what you believe you would be, you know, worth if everyone had six-figure jobs. Exactly. And I mean, in part of the whole pricing process that I take people through in my group and, and in my programs is to give yourself evidence of why that price is accurate for you. Because a yeah. lot of people will be like, well, you know, website is $12,000 and they'll just like pluck it out of the air. Yeah. And that's kind of seat of your price pants or seat of your pants pricing. 
And it creates like this internal struggle. But if you've kind of gone through a a dedicated process to figure out exactly what you need and your goals and your expenses and exactly the amount of money that, you know, is logical for you, then you actually give yourself evidence that the prices that you're charging aren't seat of your pants. They aren't just like out of thin air and they actually have basis in, in your value and in what you need to do to survive and to provide that. Such good advice. Mm-hmm. Love it. Perfect. Well, this has been absolutely fantastic. So a lot of the creatives in our audience have their fingers in all sorts of things. So yeah. do you have any hobbies or anything that you do in your spare time when you're not hypnotizing people or coaching people? Or <laughs> Yeah. When I'm not doing business coaching or helping people build amazing, thriving businesses, I love cooking. Like cooking. I almost became a chef. I love doing that. I live in a big house here and I have another housemate because, you know, California rent prices are just stupid, mm. but, <laughs> but I'm very grateful. I have this house in here. What's great is like, I love cooking for other people, but I love to eat too. I'm grateful that I have good genetics and I work out a lot to like <laughs> keep the food, you know, burning off. But I love like cooking with like Thai food and experimenting with new areas of the world. And that's my fun. That's my hobby. That's my, like, I would have done it professionally, but I realized I didn't want to ruin the fun of it. Mm. Yeah. yeah. No better way to ruin the fun of a hobby than to try to make it a profession. <laughs> yes. And by the way, I ch- used to say that saying all the time, but I want to like challenge that saying a little bit. Cause it's like funny little sayings like this, that I am guilty of saying that hundreds of times at the same time, you can do your work, your hobby and make it a passion in a high paying career and have it still be fun. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's just a funny saying, but yeah. <laughs> well, and it's funny too, because like a lot of creatives, they kind of have that, the line between the creative activities they do for themselves and the ones that they do for their career or what they do yes. for others. And I made this mistake a bunch of years ago when I was starting to do watercolor painting and I loved doing it. And I got to the point where I said, okay, well, maybe I'll be a watercolor artist and that will be my career. I'll transition out of, you know, my, my marketing and my tech stuff and my design stuff. And, you know, that's, this could be a viable career. And once I started actively putting more time into it, it became so heavy and such a burden to me. And then someone said, you know, you don't have to monetize everything. Gabby. Yes. (laughs) Yes. That is a huge, important point where you don't have to monetize everything. Like you could totally choose a passion that used to be a hobby, like let's say coaching or helping people or healing arts or whatever it is you do, Reiki and massage or, and have it be a thriving, abundant, you know, make you, it can literally make you a millionaire, mm-hmm. but not everything has to be paid. Like you can just do art because you love to do art or cooking mm-hmm. in my case and whatever it is. Exactly. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jesse. This conversation was absolutely wonderful. I am so grateful that you came on the podcast. Yeah. Is there anywhere that you would like people to come and find you online? Yeah. You know, as a learned extroverted introvert, like naturally an introvert, but I love talking to people, making new friends and connections. I started a little Facebook community, a little Facebook group. And so if you're in the holistic space, if you do healing, Reiki, massage, if you're a coach, you're a consultant, you're just like the person who's like out there, like communicating and trying to help people, but just don't know how to actually make it pay you. You don't know how to put yourself out there and be confident this would be the perfect group for you. I love like just having conversations and I give lots of free content and videos away in there. So that would be the best. Maybe we can put the link down below. Yeah, but it's called the What's holistic, the group's name? Yeah, it's called the Holistic Therapists and Coaches Community. Oh, or perfect. just look that up on Facebook or click the link on the description here. 
Wonderful. All right. And we'll put all of Jesse's links down below in the show notes. So you can go find him, follow him on all the social media platforms, join his group, give him some love. And thank you so much, Jesse. This was amazing. Uh, I really had a blast having you on the podcast and can't wait to see what you do in the future. Yeah. Thanks. So much fun. All right. Take care. Take care. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Well-Paid Creative. All the discussions we have around these episodes mean a lot to me, and I love how much I learn from the creatives who listen in. Before we head out, if you want access to free resources, trainings, and a community of creative pros just like you, visit wellpaidcreative.com where you can find all this and more. Join me for the next episode as we continue discussing how you can grow and love a profitable creative business. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love for you to leave a review or share it with someone you think would benefit. Thanks so much. See you soon.